You're listening to the Voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little mudsucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers the king. Oh. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. Well, I've dug back into the archives and found Boz Parsons' interview. Now, I interviewed Boz six years ago and when I changed platforms from WordPress to Podbean, I, 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 I had to, you know, refind all my files and I realised that I, I, I didn't know where I'd put the Boz file. And so um, this is a, a rehashed interview that I did six years. I think Boz was maybe my second chat um, ever in, in, well, in this sort of forum. And um, and I, I'm so happy that I, I refound it on an old drive and I've got new software now and I've been able to um, make the audio a lot better than what it was. Now, Boz, when I chatted to him, was 96 years old. 96. He's now 102. Boz is 102 years old. Um, that's incredible. Now, uh, Boz's story is is incredible. He was in World War II. He was in a fighter bomber. He flew over Germany. He was shot at, um, you know, the whole nine yards. He, he's been all over the, the, the world in those early days. And, um, oh, you know, it just it really makes me think how different the world is today, but it's not. It is and it's not. It's the same, but it's different. We've changed, technology's changed, uh, social, you know, social parfaits, social, um, just how we communicate, interact with each other has, has changed, but really the world hasn't. The world's the same. Nature's the same, um, you know. So, but then I had a friend of mine over here the other day and, and she was telling me just the funny story. She was telling me about how her dad swooned her mum. Now, her mum was pretty wealthy and her dad wasn't so wealthy. And he, he would go over to her house every day, every day, and he would get under the window and play the guitar. He would play his guitar under her window religiously in the morning. I, I didn't ask how long for, but he would do it every day, right? I mean, could you imagine if you did that today? You'd have a restraining order and you'd be locked up, you know? It's just, it's not romantic anymore. It's fucking weird. But back in the day, that was perceived to be romantic. And that's just a huge shift, right? It, um, and it really makes me laugh when, when I think about these things. But uh, so what happened is like, so he did this, I think, every day for a year. And one day he got sick and he had to go to hospital, this dude, this girl's dad, right? And, um, and the mum, she went to the window and was like, well, where's my guitar guy? You know, and then the second day he didn't show up. And she's like, oh, where's my, my where, where is he? Where is he? And she realized that she was really concerned. And that she, he, he had somehow put a, a, a place in her heart. And so then she realized that she liked or loved, I don't know if love's a word yet because she didn't know him, um, but she realized that she really missed him and, and, and that, yeah, so that's how it, it worked for them. Don't try that today. Um, but anyway, so the, going back to Boz, um, 
My chat with Boz was six years ago. Boz is now 102. It's an amazing if you if you're into history and you and you like that kind of stuff, then this is this one's for you. And um, wherever you are out there in the world, I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, the world is in a funny place, but you know, it's it's in a it's in uh, it's just is what it is, and, and 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 we can just make of it what we will. Does that make any fucking sense? But yeah, it does to me. Like you just make of it what you will. Like where you put your focus is is where you, you know. Like I can really drill down on the negative things that are going on in the world. Or I can drill down on the on the the positive things that are happening around me. You know, this day will never be again. Anyway, whatever. Um, hope you enjoy my chat with Bob. You think this is, is, is interesting? Wow! Wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total barfarama. Oh, school became sort of part of my life, really. Uh, uh, being, uh, I was the youngest of a family of six, yeah. and we were living in Geelong. My dad had died, mm-hmm. and uh, um, school really became my life because mm. I, I had scholarships that uh, allowed mum to keep me there. Mm-hmm. My brother Peter had been five years ahead of me, and he'd been there for a couple of years and then went off to the university. But um, we were lucky to uh, have had the support of the school, really, I suppose you could say. Well, you must have been pretty smart to get the scholarship. Well, yeah, I, was, I did quite well. Yeah, quite academic. <laughs> yeah, you well, and your brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete was a better, better scholar than me, really. Yeah. He came a bit... He only died just the other day. He, he was a, became a very good doctor. Oh, really? Top, top specialist in Melbourne he was. What, what did he specialise in? He, 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 spe- he specialised in, in the gut, really. Oh, really? He says, yeah. He talked to me, he's the gut. He's always talking about the gut. The gut. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, is such a... a, a, yeah, a gut. He was a physician. Yeah. He, he says, I was a real doctor. <laughs> Well, he calls he calls the surgeons just butchers. Yeah, he said, yeah. He said uh, physicians are the real doctors. Well, the the links that they're drawing now between the gut and the brain are, are phenomenal. They're saying that how the flora and the and the gut health is is quite correlates with the brain. And, oh yeah. And they're saying now that um, what what is that that's released in the brain to make you feel good? What's that drug? Um, It'll come to me in a second. Yeah. But they just have found out that it's also produced in the gut. Oh, yes. Yes. Which, yes. which they didn't know until recently, yeah. which is very interesting. You know, yeah. <laughs> For mental health, anyway. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. So, yeah. And when you graduated from Geelong, which year 12 did you think about going did you know which field you wanted to go into or not at all I, I, I was I, as a lot of people I discovered uh, don't know where they're going yeah and and uh, uh, as a schoolmaster uh, finishing up uh, uh, talking to kids who are leaving school um, I used to keep saying to them, look, you would be 
part of the very large percentage of people that don't know what they're going to do when they leave school. And uh, just, I said, just run, yeah, ride, ride with it. See, you know, th things will show up in the end. Well, uh, yeah, I, I had no idea what I was going to do. The war came along to save me from making a decision, really. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd gone up to the university. I had no idea what I was going to do. I did a science course. Mm -hmm. And I stepped out of that straight into the war in 1939. And uh, I came out in, what was it, 46. And all I wanted to do is go flying. So... Interesting, isn't it? I, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I had a science degree by then. Yeah. Which I got just before the war. Yeah. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. The war came along, I went straight in. See, easy, 1939, did pilot training. And, I, and after that, like a lot of blokes said, if you'd been a pilot during the war, you would never want to go on flying. Well, I happened to want to go on flying. But uh, um, I didn't make it a profession because my wife didn't want to go on flying. Mm. And, and uh, why I took any bloody notice, I've no idea, but... <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a fair fair understanding of why you took notice. <laughs> um, so you did your pilot training in in Canada, I, I read. Yes, is that right? Oh, I did. What a fantastic experience that must have been. Oh God, talk about lucky. You know, it it, it was uh, it was a joyful experience, really. How did to get in, in with a group of blokes? Yeah. Uh, which I did in, in uh, uh, November of 1940, being paid to go flying up at Narromine in New South Wales mm -hmm. with a terrific bunch of blokes, you know, the young fellas just... And they came from walks of life that I had had nothing to do with. You know, I'd had really a sort of, because I'd been through Geelong Grammar School, Melbourne University and whatnot, I'd, I'd uh, had a sort of uh, fairly uh, small, limited understanding of the, uh, what the blokes are really like. Mm. I got into the Air Force doing something which is what I love doing and with a bunch of blokes that were terrific, you know, from every strata of the... It was, it was, you know, it was lovely. Yeah. You know? I bet. Travel. Yeah. Canada. Skiing up in the Rockies. I mean, well, you couldn't get anything better. That is incredible. <laughs> so where, whereabouts in Canada were you doing the training? Calgary. In Alberta. Flying training in Calgary. Well, that's where they had the Empire Training Schools. Really? Oh, yeah. Was it, a, was it freezing? No. It, 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 I, I, I started there in the middle of winter, and I, I, I'd had, I'd been skiing at Hotham as a kid. Yeah, that's as much I knew about the snow. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, to move into a Canadian winter and see how they handled it. I mean, they pulled the ha aircraft out of the hangars, the heated hangars. <laughs> pull the aircraft out, you know, in bloody freezing conditions, and yet they they knew how to handle it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We were in, we were in Calgary, and, and and oh god, we had 
somehow or other we fell in with a group, some about three of my friends and I, uh, we joined a group of girls up at uh, Banff in Canada mm-hmm. whose parents had owned chalets up there. They were working in a hospital or something in, in the Calgary. Yeah. Every second weekend we'd go up there. They had a cars and they'd drive us up there and we'd spend a weekend up the mountains. You, know? you couldn't. It was idyllic. You, got you know, like actually, rock stars. Hmm? You would have been like rock stars over there, an Australian, young Australian. That's right, yeah. yeah. I mean, they treated us magnificently, of oh, course. They were lovely. Yeah, they're beautiful people, the Canadians. Oh, God. Yeah. What a joyful, yeah. Oh, kept in touch with some of them. Yeah, oh, they're lovely people. Great. <laughs> but, you know, that's how lucky you can be. Yeah. What? So when you are at school, you had no idea that you were going to be flying and then all of a sudden... No, no I had no idea, although I'd always wanted to fly. Yeah. Oh, isn't that But I n- couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was dying to go flying. Yeah. And I remember I, 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 when I was uh, 12... Kingsford Smith was down doing, you know, passenger rides around the old Southern Cross, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make a couple of bob. <laughs> and uh, 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 I flew with him as a passenger uh, on one occasion and thought, oh, this is bloody marvellous. But, you know, it was out of, out of my field. I had no, I had no chance, no money to yeah. do anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the war came along and just opened up the chapter, see. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think what the implications were. Right. You might put your head on the line. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were training in Canada, flying in these conditions, yeah. what sort of stuff were they having you do? Like for training drills and things like that? Oh, it, 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 they had a great setup. Uh, we did our... Initial training in Australia mm-hmm. on Tiger Moths. Mm-hmm. We went by ship across the Pacific, which I'd never done before. How long did uh, that take? Oh, we, we were, you know, three weeks or something. And, and uh, we, we had first-class passenger seats on the old Orangi ship, you know. Drinks at night, you know. That must have been great. What else was happening? Did you play cards? And stuff? Uh, lovely. No, yeah. just, you know, great fun. A whole heap of blokes. Yeah. You know, uh, we were early on, before they really got too serious about all this uh, travel and whatnot, yeah, yeah. we had first-class cabins on the old Orangi and uh, planters' punches at night. And, you know, <laughs> just glorious. And then into Canada... Into flying, you know. Oh, it, it, uh, I just felt God. I was a lucky fellow. So when you pulled in, did you pull into Vancouver? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That must have been just absolutely. Did you? Oh. The, the the worst part of landing in Vancouver was that we were to we were the first lot of trainees coming from Australia, and this was in 1940, and we had to wait around for the group captain that was stationed in Canada as part of the, you know, training set-up until midnight on the bloody wharf 
waiting for him to turn up. It oh. was freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't very happy to see the old bastards come yeah. up. You know, he, he had to show himself, you see. Yeah. Anyway, that was beside the point. But we, we uh, uh, then went into a very good training camp in Calgary. I used to have every second weekend we met these girls who had been entertaining us. would take us up to Banff for the weekend. Life was, couldn't be good, much better, you know. Flying, yeah. recreation, yeah. all laid on. Being paid. Being paid. Yeah. That's the most important thing, too. Yeah. First time in your life you got money. <laughs> <laughs> enough. Right. Wasn't much, but enough, you yeah. know. He just didn't, he didn't need anything else. Everything was found. What a joy. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Things wouldn't have been too expensive either back then. No, no. For the first time in my life, I didn't seem to have to worry about money. Yeah. You know, you had enough to do exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah. And and go flying. You know, what what more could you want? Little did you realise that in the end you had to pay a price. (laughs) Had to stick your neck out. Right. So how old (laughs) were you there? You didn't sort of think about that. No, no, yeah, no, you're just living for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you then? Well, I, I was experienced. I was old. I, I, I'd been, uh, see, that was uh, into the Air Force in 1940. And uh, I was 22. Uh, <laughs> very old. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'd been, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd no, been through school and university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So then once you'd finished the training in Calgary... Well, then we got uh, sent off in the war. Uh, you start to getting a little bit closer to uh, what you're being trained for. <laughs> but it didn't immediately hit because we went uh, on to advanced training schools in, Engl- in England, up in Scotland to start with. Really? And then we got sent to uh, squadrons down Yorkshire what a journey. What a... And then, of course, you start to realise what you were up against, <laughs> you know, when you're out on your first operational flight. The war started. The war started, you know, and you're losing blokes, you know. Yeah. And uh, even so, it was still... You were flying aeroplanes and, you know, that was... And you were getting, you know, being given a lot of responsibility, really, because I finished up on heavy aircraft all the time, and in no time you're sort of flying a bloody le- Halifax, four-engine aeroplane. But you had to go where the bombs were, you know, where the anti-aircraft was, <laughs> and you're losing blokes. But that took a while to come. Mm. Frightening. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you've got to be lucky or unlucky, you know. You, you, at the time... Uh, it really didn't strike home to me, I suppose. I was pretty immature. And I, I didn't, we were losing blokes every now and again, but it wasn't too bad. From the air? Mm. Yeah. You know, see, the thing interesting, you were going to a bomber squadron operating in England. Mm. You might have uh, six crews go out on a, on a raid into Germany or somewhere. Uh, some, most of the time they all, all came back next morning, you know. But then occasionally, you know, 
crew went missing, or two crews went missing, or, and you know you gradually began to realise that you know you could be <laughs> not coming back either. But uh, it it was so. You see, he didn't see anyone. He didn't see anyone killed. Mm. And so, you know, from that point of view, it, I mean, they just didn't appear next morning. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, you know, you didn't sort of have the, have the like the infantry blokes, for, you know, they were surrounded by bloody death and destruction, mm. as it were, uh, in a bomber squadron. Blokes just didn't come back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you heard occasionally if somebody had been shot down and became a POW. But. Uh, uh, it's an unnatural sort of world, from really, yeah. really flying under those conditions, really sort of almost unreal. Because they're there one minute and then they're gone next time. You say, "Oh, bad luck, Charlie." You, you don't see what the you don't you don't see it. No, you don't see the yeah. see it happen. Yeah, yeah. A sense of surrealness. Yeah. yeah. So, so at that time, was there a real fear for you that Germany? That Hitler may actually win that war, and what would become of the world? Oh, quite, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. that's 1940. Yeah, mm. that's a frightening. 1940, 41. Yeah, it it wasn't uh, uh, laid down as there at all. So there's a. But uh, once December seven occurred, I remember. I flew a, a, a flight from where we were in, in, up in Yorkshire to uh, Dusseldorf, quite a hot target. Mm-hmm. And I got back and I was met by the flight commander and he said, uh, the Japs have just bombed Har- Pearl Harbour. I guess you'll be on your way home, Aussie, soon. And that was December 7, 1941. Did that just make you feel sick to the stomach? Huh? No, well, it, it, yeah, it, 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 the, the thought that I might be going home d- didn't really hit home at all, mm-hmm. you know. I, it, it was a while before we realised that... Because uh, uh, you know, didn't hear anything about it from home. The, the, uh, um, the people in Victoria... Uh, the, the security on information that they were getting from the Melbourne press and whatnot was very limited. They they kept the they kept the news of the war in the north of Victoria of Australia very tightly under wraps. Mm. You know they said oh, Japanese have uh, have uh, uh, had a few bombs dropped on Darwin. You know. Little did I know they had a consecutive number of very serious raids on Darwin. <laughs> but they, we overseas and my family in Melbourne knew that they, the Japs were having a bit of success, but not much. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. How, how uh, um, they can control uh, news... They're at that time. Well, I'm pretty sure they probably are still doing it today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway. What don't we know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. But uh, that's uh, uh, a long time ago, when you think about it. Um, so... I, 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 you know... I've often talked about it. It was during this that period when I used to come home and leave. That's when I first met my wife, mm-hmm. and she was in the air force at the time, physiotherapist. Oh, really? And my sister had been. Uh, when I came back from England, I got back to England, uh, back to Australia, from England um, in on the first of January, nineteen forty-four. Which is towards the end of the end of the bloody war. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd spent three years overseas in England, and uh, that was when you were flying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. was it continuous flying? Like, were you? Oh no, I went. I, 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 I had a uh, a uh, uh, I trained in Canada. Yeah. I went to England. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had a, a bit more training in England, then I went on to a squadron. And I uh, uh, did a, a tour, of, a, 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 a bit of a, a bit of a shortened tour. I don't know quite why that happened, but I only did, I only did twenty five operations overseas in three years. In um, after I'd trained in Canada and then. then uh, England, yeah. and then I went to a squadron, yeah. and then I I did twenty five. Trips, uh, five as a uh, as a yeah, second pilot, and then the rest as a captain, and uh, then I went uh, from that to instructing. Uh huh. Now, just let me before you go there. Did you get shot at? I, I got shot at, but didn't get hurt. Was that <laughs> <laughs> so? You saw them whizzing by. No, you know, you get. Uh, we we had. I went through a pretty easy time, really, I suppose. But uh, um, we threw fairly heavily defended targets. Uh, and uh, my aircraft got hit a couple of times. Really? But not, no, not seriously. Yeah. I did five trips as a second pilot on Halifax's which are all extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinary uh, examples of um, uh, incompetence, I would say. Incompetence? From incompetence uh-huh. <laughs> from the, the blokes that were flying. Okay. Um, one poor, uh, once very unfortunate case occurred when I was just a second pilot on the Halifax <laughs> and uh, we... Bombed this, uh, had to bomb the, 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 the docks at Keel. You come down anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, somehow or other. So the waterfront at Keel? Yeah, uh, anyway, we were weaving away with search starts. About, I was just a second part sitting on the bloody seat, yeah. watching it all. And, and, uh, uh We got into, into a bad bit of uh, uh, anti-aircraft fire and whatnot. This, he, 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 I can't understand what, what, what went wrong with the bloke, the captain. He was an Australian too, strangely enough. But 
he was weaving badly, going like this, and searchlight all around him, and the aeroplane was lit up like a bloody Christmas tree. And You'd been hit? He thought we'd been hit, uh-huh. and he yelled, bail out, you see? <laughs> Yeah. I turned around to the navigator who was standing. I was I was standing just beside him. Actually, I wasn't on the seat even. I was a sec, I was just trainee second pilot. Yeah. And <laughs> I turned around with this cab behind me. I said, "Shit, no." <laughs> 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 Honestly, I mean, no way in the world was I going to. The airplane hadn't been hit or anything. Yeah. You know, bail out. He said, <laughs> and. Did you have parachutes? What? Did you have parachutes? Parachutes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I was only sitting on it, so it wasn't... Anyway, he, he, he started to call up the crew, you see, because everything had settled down. There's no reason for anyone to be there. And uh, the, no sound from the tail gunner. So he sent the wireless operator down to have a look, and and... When he yelled, bail out, the tail gunner thought he was fair dinkum and he jailed out, he bailed out. No. So here was this poor bugger somewhere dropped in his parachute in, in, into the... Oh, no. <laughs> into the water, short of, short of the land, you know, running into Keel Bay there. Never nothing ever ever heard of him again. Oh, poor bugger. Poor you know, bloke. yeah. <laughs> One little bit of misinformation or a that's wrong right. Call. Yeah, yeah. Of course, when the all when the wash up was when he went back to base and had to explain what went on. You know, we all, you know, backed him up the fact that he said just prepared to bail out. But we knew what had happened. Oh, that and, must have been. Uh, Oh, you know, gut-wrenching, really. Yeah, you're a nice bloke, too. Anyway, you sort of have to... You've got no alternative, you've got to live with it. Mm. And there's no point in putting this bloke in. I mean, he no. didn't... He, well, he, was he, he said, I said, prepare to bail out, because he didn't. <laughs> well, you just don't know. I could imagine. I don't know because I've never been in such a situation. But you don't know how you're going to react mm, that's right. in a situation, yeah. what's going to come out of your mouth. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, that's what. That's oh, what happened to one poor bloke. He bailed out. Yeah. Mm. She was creepers. So. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. You um, shouldn't take me back to those things. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so then the serendipitousness of all this, it pulled you back to when you were landed in Australia, you met your wife. Is that what happened? Well, not quite, but nearly. Uh, my sister, uh, I came back and uh, was sent straight up to New Guinea. Oh, really? To join a squadron. On liberators, now, Australia had just been given a, a lot of four-engine bombers from the Yanks. They've been trying to get a bomber squadron to form mm-hmm. yeah, without left after them, instead of having to put up with being nursed along by the Yanks all the time. And uh, 
we were brought back from England because we were, had been captains of bomber aircraft. So uh, that's why I came back. The war was still going. And, and this was the beginning of 1944. Mm-hmm. See, the war was, was cranking up with the Japs, but yep. uh, the war was calming down a bit in England, with a bit over into control a bit. And uh, my, uh, my sister was a nursing sister in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had a friend who was a physiotherapist in the Air Force. And when I got back, she said, I've got a nice friend for you to meet. So I met this, this physiotherapist. Good sister. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I've been with her ever since. <laughs> Fantastic. Strange, wasn't it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I, I thank my sister for that. Yeah, I tell you what. Um, so tell me, how, how was Papua New Guinea? Oh, you know, having come from uh, um, uh, living in England in in the uh, really in sort of pretty good conditions, you know, we had bloody sheets on our bed and had bat bat ladies and (laughs) 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 we were treated pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was sent up to New Guinea to... uh, Join the start of the uh, get. That was one of the first captains that the Australians were providing for their uh, the four-engine liberators that the that they'd given the Australian Air Force. Mm-hmm. Everything was handed out by the Yanks, of course, at that time. Uncle, you know, everything. Yeah. The, the, the Australian Air Force had bugger all. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they had good training schools. I love Lev, and uh, I came back and was, went straight into a, into uh, because I'd been a captain of a bomber in England. Yeah, I was immediately slotted into the, and uh, we we got uh, bloody nice aeroplanes. Yeah, brand we, new. Four of, yeah, brand new. Great. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, we, we did some flying with the Yanks and then formed our own squadrons. Did you get along well with the Yanks? Yeah, I loved them. Yeah, mm, good, good fellas. Good, good fun. Yeah. 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 I spent a bit of time over there myself. And I, Have you? Yeah, they're great people. Yeah, great people. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, of uh, we, the Australian Air Force had, had very little that was being given to them by the Yanks up there. And uh, they had some lovely equipment, but it was. Um, so when you're in Papua New Guinea, were you running, doing missions, or just training? Oh, you know, <coughs> went up there and and uh, we formed the first uh, heavy bomber squadrons. Okay. The, uh, the, the Australian uh, navigators and and uh, gunners and navigators and things, uh, they were all from Australia. You know, tra- from Australian training schools. There's a lot of them have been on Hudson's and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, we, we, we were brought... There was 50%, I suppose, uh, captains that were... Uh, that had come out of Hudson's and that sort of thing. Uh, and about 50% were blokes that had 
been brought back from England that had been flying on things like uh, 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 Lancasters. And so stuff. when you say Hudsons and Lancasters, these are just different types of aeroplanes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, we came out of bomber squadrons in England and uh, uh, the Australians were... We just started to form bomber squadrons. Right, there wasn't a, a, a core Australian no, unit. No, no, only just started to get there. Yeah. And of course, the, the, the war hadn't really started there until '42. But we've been over there in England since 1940 mm. with, with the German right target. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so we were brought back from England because. Uh, we were meant to have had some experience on heavy airplanes. So we, we, we got into the game early in Australia. And it was interesting, we had 50% of blokes that had been flying in Australia and, and got into the big airplanes, and 50% of blokes had been flying in England. And uh, there, were, there were two, two camps, <laughs> really, yeah. Blokes that had been flying operationally in England, and and uh, the Australians that had been who thought they had been having the hard time flying out here, well they had. I, I reckon they were they'd had a much worse time than uh, we had in England because we we were living in decent beds and sheets and whatnot, and up there they were they were not only flying long distances against the, the Japs, but uh, they, uh, uh, their living conditions weren't like we'd had, you know. Yeah. We, we were living like kings in England. Yeah, experiencing <laughs> a new culture and <laughs> things would be exciting when you're overseas. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So the, the, the Australian squadrons were sort of made up of those that had been brought back from overseas and those that had been doing it hard in Australia. Yeah. yeah. It took a while to be, meet in the middle. Meet, you have to work together. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Both thought they'd had the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <I> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we a lot of good friends. Yeah. So then. I mean, conditions in Australia, you know, it was so utterly different in England. I mean, you came back to a base where you, you know, people have been living in comfort for hundreds of years. Where up north they were living in pretty tight circumstances mm -hmm. around <laughs> Darwin and yeah. things like that, yeah. which hadn't been settled very long. No, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, very different. Yeah, I very can't different. Imagine. Yeah. Would have been fun in its own way, though. Huh? Would have been a bit of fun in its own way. Oh yes, it was. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, meeting up with different blokes. Yeah, who'd been who'd done it in a different way. Yeah, mm. yeah. They both thought they had done the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, great. So then um, you moved back to Victoria after that, or did you? How did yeah, we came up? back. Came back, and, and uh, um, we did a tour of operations up north, and then we came back, and we instructed here. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it, it 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 was all it all then started to fold up, you see. And uh, the next question was, what are you going to do when the war's over? 
you know. Mm. That was always uppermost mm-hmm. in your mind. And uh, I'd, I'd, I was in a situation that uh, I'd finished a university degree before the war started, and uh, therefore what was I going to do with my life afterwards? And uh, I'd, uh, I'd gone back, I'd started the flying in 1940, 1940, and the war finished in '46. And I hadn't done anything but be flying, and uh, I still wanted to go on flying. I, I you know, I, I hadn't been frightened enough, <laughs> I think, <laughs> not to want to go continue flying yeah. as a as a career. And uh, so there was, a, there was a bit of a a bit of a problem there with. Uh, uh, wanted to get married and, and uh, uh, families not wanting you to go on flying, you know, because was it they said it was dangerous. Safe career. Yeah, yeah. 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 They couldn't see that there was a civil action to it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, so I had, I came up in a, a sort of compromise eventually. My wife. Didn't want me to go on flying. You know, when I, I, I married before the end of the war. Mm. And uh, big wedding. I wanted to keep on wedding. Oh, yeah, fairly big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over in South Australia. Yeah. Which part of but, South Australia? Hmm? Whereabouts in South Australia? Well, my wife came from a farming family. Yeah. Uh, at Ardrossan on York Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, uh, sheep station? Hmm? Was it a she- sheep? Sheep station? Cattle. Cattle? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, um, cropping. Oh, cropping. Sheep and cropping. Yeah. Mm. But uh, Barbara's family were a farming family in South Australia. And uh, when it looked like I was going to get married, um, she didn't want me to go on flying. And... Uh, the family only had one son, and he had a problem with uh, dermatitis and whatnot, and uh, they didn't think he was going to be able to be uh, able to carry on in the farm because he used to get dermatitis and whatnot. See, mm-hmm. and uh, they sort of put out a feelers to see whether I might join the family and go farming. I did. You did? Well, I didn't want to do that really. I wanted to keep on flying. Yeah. But uh, you know how the pressures are. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I eventually resigned my commission and went to, to take up a farming activity on the York Peninsula. And uh, Slight change I, 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 I enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, and it, it was just. Quite a worthwhile op- operation. Th- things were good in the beginning of end of 1948, 40, 40, you know, about end, end of the end of the war, and uh, prices were good, and they're making money on the farm, and uh, uh, so I hard work. Yeah, but not too hard. 
and uh, good machinery, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I I got into a uh, into it fairly easily, um, and was making quite good money in, in the early fifties. Yeah, built a nice house and whatnot, but then things got tough at the end of the, you know. I was I started farming properly, you know. I was, I was uh, but I was, I didn't have any land of my own, you see, and I was only share farming. Mm -hmm. And uh, my uh, friends that had their heads screwed on tightly used to say to me, "You can't go on doing that, Bozzy. You've got to own some land." <laughs> you know, you really, because when things get tough, it, it, it's. You know, you're only you're only an employee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know how we managed it, but we did, and and uh, um, I, I stayed on on that game, I suppose, until what changed me. I, I, uh, I had an itch to go back flying. Yeah. Wasn't the remoteness <laughs> of South Australia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the sort of entity I did. Yeah. And uh, when did I stop flying? Not too long ago, I believe. Oh, oh well, I'm still flying. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but I'm... Uh, 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 I, uh, um, uh, it's funny how I can't... Uh, it should be crystal clear because I, I, I changed direction, you see, altogether because I became a schoolmaster. Mm -hmm. But um, so you left the farm in South Australia and moved back over this way to keep flying. No. Right. What did I do? How did I, how did I manage that? Oh, I, I certainly. Uh, uh, when I went farming, I have to get my where's my wife. Um, isn't that funny? I, I, I hadn't realised I'm getting a bit cloudy in the old brain because uh, what should be crystal clear to me is exactly when it all happened. But the end result was, of course, that uh, um, when I got married, I got out of the Air Force and I went to the Northern Territory where I'd been and I was went flying with Eddie Conlon. Oh. And... How did you meet Eddie? Hmm? How you met you, him? How did you know Eddie? Ah, uh, well, uh, 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 an Air Force friend of mine called Sam Calder yeah. had been up there before the war. Mm -hmm. And he was wanted to go back there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he conned me into going up there just after the war. Mm-hmm. And that's where I went. And that's when, at the same time, I met my wife, to be. Yeah. And I took her up there and uh, flew around the Northern Territory in a light aeroplane, delivering the mail. She wasn't in very encumbered with that as a lifestyle forever. Really? <laughs> what a great time that must have been, though. It was interesting, lovely. Because I was loving every bit of it. Yeah. What sort of places were you delivering mail to? Hmm? What sort of areas, like in the Kimberley? Or? No, we, we based in Alice Springs. Yeah. 
And Sam Calder did the northwestern run mm -hmm. up to the Kimberleys. Yeah. I did the northeastern run, which is you go after four days and all the cattle stations. And Some pretty stuff. happy people to see you, I imagine. Lovely, you know. Yeah. It was a great life. Lovely. And I, so I took Barbara on a run all around that. And I don't think she was terribly impressed with the thought of Louis in Alice Springs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that disappeared and I went back to the Air Force on a, with a permanent commission. Mm -hmm. Some stability, you see, yep. but still flying. <laughs> but uh, uh, they thought that I wouldn't be having to do any flying if I was a permanent Air one. But anyway, I, I did and... Uh, but that didn't last all that. It lasted for three years after we married. And then, uh, um, what did she con me into doing? <laughs> um, oh, that's when they offered me a position on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. So I went, I went back to the farm in South Australia, built a house and uh, Made our own, my own cement bricks, built a house, built house had a start having family, and and uh, but not uh, not owning any land, mm. and uh, um, so how did I get out of that one? <laughs> Isn't it funny? You know what the trouble is, don't tell, you? No, tell I'm me. I'm getting fucking old. Oh. <laughs> and I honestly, I've got to the stage now where I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking as clearly as I used to be able to, mm -hmm. and it worries me quite a lot. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, well, uh, that happened over the uh, uh, 19, early 1950s. Um, but oh no, it's coming back to me. Um, it became apparent that Barbara's brother was really in, entitled to the farm, oh. and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it looked as though I might be left on the valley ledge somewhere. Mm -hmm. So my sister had a property in. Uh, on stud sheep in Geelong. And uh, so she, seeing the sort of situation I was in, offered me a, 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 to go and join the stud farm. And, and uh, because she had no, she had no children. Mm. And uh, uh, so that's what we did. We came from South Australia to Victoria. Is your sister getting you out of hot water and getting you into a good situation again? Eh? Your sister again? Yeah. Introduce you to the wife and That's then right, yeah. yeah. Different sister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that, that's, that's why we came back to Victoria. And uh, then This is funny, I'm going bonkers, you know, that's the trouble. Um, I went, I stayed on there at that bloody school until 19, 
1980. You're at Cryer? 20 years? Uh, yeah. It's from 19. Never got long service leave. What? <laughs> <laughs> Should we go down there and pay them a visit this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, uh, yeah. Honey, you're talking to a bloke who's going around the twist. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really not remembering things as I should do. Well, that's, that's okay, Boz. But you I'll know tell what? You, yeah, need yeah. Well, you know I what suppose I suppose when you... When you I, I, I just can't believe how old I am now. How old are you now? Well, you work it out. I was born in 1918. My mathematics is not my strongest point. Well... But I'll have See, a that's in the dark. 20, 22 years yeah. plus what we've got now. Which 15. Is, no, what I meant from 1918 till 2000 is what, 78 years. 78 years plus 15. 98. 90-something. 90 90-something. 90 yeah. Well, Boz, you look amazing. I'm, I'm 90. What, 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 what year are we in now? 15. 20, 2015. 2015. I think. I'm 97. Boz, you look amazing for 97. <laughs> I've got to tell but you. that's what you've got to keep coming back to. I mean, really yeah. and truly, it's very ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, well. Yeah, I'm sticking along at 97. Well, it's great, isn't it? You've just been on a trip to Canberra. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I rock up today, you're cruising up the driveway, you know. I am. Very, very yeah. fortunate, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know no, what I, am. I loved what you said before at the start was you said when you finish school, it's okay to not know what you want to do. Yeah. And I didn't know what I wanted to do when I finished school and it caused me great angst because nobody ever said it's okay to not know what you don't want That's to right, do. Yeah. And everybody who says, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, and I feel like there's so many people who don't know. No, no. And that it's okay to not know. Absolutely. I, I'm convinced of that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I think kids should be told that not, not to worry about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, not to let, not to take... Notice of other people who say, why, don't you know what you're going to do, you know? Well, I'm going to live my life and see what happens. That's right. <laughs> That's it. The adventure. And what a wonderful adventure it is. God. Um, Anyone that doesn't look forward to, to stepping on, going to the next stage, God, what a... <coughs> Anyone who's living in this age really... There's so much to offer. Mm. There's so much excitement <coughs> in what you could do, apart from, you know, what impact you own yourself might have on other people, which is uh, really the thing that really matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is that, that, that picture on the wall there, that's a, is that one of your planes? There? Yeah. That's the little ripper. That's out of the hangar. Now, yeah, 
I'm still flying that. Fantastic. It belongs to my son, Bill. Yeah. Bill, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's a pearl. Yeah, it's a great little plane. We've been all over Australia in that. What sort of plane yeah. is it? Piper Arrow. Piper Arrow. Yeah. Is it a single single prop? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very, very nice aeroplane. Retractable undercarriage. Fuel quite, injected. Quite fast. Carry a good load. Yeah. Great little aeroplane. Can you go upside down? Eh? Mm-hmm. Can you go upside down? No. Not fuel injected. No. no. Yeah. I've done a lot of flying, but the one part of flying, I, I was I was never a good pilot, really, I suppose. Oh, I can't. I, <laughs> <laughs> don't be so modest. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I hated aerobatics. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because uh, I suppose I was a heavy bomber pilot. Mm. And... and uh, in, when we were sort of learning, we learnt uh, uh, on, on moths and things and, and, and did aerobatics. But I, I was never good at aerobatics. I never enjoyed doing them. I hated going upside down, hanging in your buddy's straps. And, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, wasn't, it didn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. And uh, so I've never been really a, a good uh, single-engine pilot. You know, because they love flying the bloody things upside down, inside out, and whatnot. Oh, Aerobatics say, and whatnot. Not me. It's not my fault. You'd be the good kind of pilot then. Huh? You'd be the good kind of pilot. <laughs> the kind of pilot I'd like to fly with who doesn't want to do all that stuff. <laughs> Just up and down. Yeah. I like up and down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did some interesting flying in the Territory. Yeah, you know, I can only imagine. Eddie Condon's old aeroplanes. Jesus. What sort of planes were they? A Hawk Moth. Right, I don't know that. 1927 vintage aeroplane. Right. Fast? Hmm? Fast plane or a no, nice slow? No. Plane? 70 miles an hour up in the air, about 70 miles an hour going along, 70 miles an hour descending. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit better than that, yeah. about 90. Right. But it, it was very slow. And uh, then we had, uh, uh, then got onto twins and that sort of thing. But uh, I done a lot of flying in the, in, altogether, and I think, think of it I think. You know, over the years. And I still enjoy flying. But uh, it's something so special to be up there. Yeah, it really is. Well, I, I when I went up to Eddie Collins mm. in nineteen forty, it was forty. Forty-seven, just just getting getting married. Um, to fly on your own, you know, not a very you know a fairly slow aeroplane. But uh, I thought that was absolutely marvellous. You know, we'd go off for four days, carrying this bloody mail around the countryside. Mm. It was a unique situation, mm. you know, really. And you met some wonderful people out mm. in the outback. Just landing on dirt strips? Yeah. 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 Really marvellous. And everyone would have been very happy to receive oh, their you mail. Know. Yeah. I'd be thinking. Anyway, I, I, I took Barbara on that for uh, 
one, one trip, but she wasn't very enamoured with it. So I've been she, I, I, there, there wasn't a future there, I suppose, really. How many years? Nobody did stayed you there for long. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you would, you'd have to own the operation yeah. to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just a paid hack, yeah. you know. Did you fly over Ayers Rock? Oh, around it and upside down. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like landed on top of it. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. yeah. But, oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what an enjoy, you know, to, to have had the experience of doing these sort of things. Uh, see, the first time I saw Earth Rock, there was no, no, there was no, uh, no landing ground out there. You know, there was no, there was nobody, they didn't have a tourist business out there at the time. And uh, I remember I flew out with Eddie he he says, I have to get a strip out here because it's a tourist. It's a tourist thing. He, he was into tourism, yeah. Eddie Conlon, because yeah. that's how he's going to hold his airplane together. Here, you know, yeah. it's just going to be half based on being uh, the tourist angle of it. You get people up there. Yeah. And uh, so, did he put in the runway? There, we got one fairly close. Yeah, but not not right there. I didn't he'd, 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 he'd been out there and he landed, he'd been out there in a single injury and uh, had landed sort of, on a sort of a clay pan out there. And uh, uh, he eventually got an airstrip uh, within about 10 miles of it. And, and uh, uh, we used to fly out there with papal passengers and get them met by a cave with an old chuck. Yeah, take him out to the rock. Yeah. Haven't been yet. I need to go and have Haven't a look you? at that. No. Oh, the rocks, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic, a classic site. I First know. time. I've never been up that way. I need to go and have a look. Haven't you? Mm. Well, the territory's good. Mm. Alice Springs is a nice town. Is that, sorry, what? Hmm? Alice Springs is a nice town. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Really, really, it's a unique town being sort of plumb in the middle of Australia, but yeah. it's... Yeah. Uh, it's unique from all sorts of points of view. Uh, I remember I stopped at Kalgoorlie once. Hmm? Kalgoorlie. It was as close oh, as Kalgoorlie's been. a fascinating place. Really. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I drove yeah. across the Nullarbor when I was 18. Yeah? Yeah. Great. That was fun. Didn't fly, it, it makes you realise how big this bloody country is, doesn't it? Enormous, with such sparse God. spaces of nothing. God, goes on forever. Which you could like flying around up there. You must have just yeah, absolutely. I I I I I I I would have stayed with Eddie Conlon. Really. Yeah. Um, but Barbara had other thoughts. <laughs> Barbara didn't want to stay up there. She, she's. Uh, She she wasn't isn't, isn't built for that sort of existence. She's not an adventurous, but she's not. She's she's more interested in in the, 
uh, getting into competitive tennis when, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. she first got married. Oh, she was a good tennis player. It's a special breed of person that would want to live up there. Yeah, especially, that's right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't yeah. blame her. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, Boz, I'm going to say thank you so much for having a chat to me. I, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, pleasure. I really appreciate pleasure. it. Huh? Yeah. Sharing <laughs> such, you know, good. intimate details of well. your life with me. <laughs> no. I just uh, have been so fortunate from all sorts of points of view. I've had, you know, a lovely family background, you know, never had any money and uh, doesn't seem to have mattered much. Still getting by. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, you know. We always make it work we, out. We've had... Um, My sister introduced me to Barbara when uh, we were still in the city. Um, it's it, 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 it interesting that you just you don't know how how you how your life's going to turn out, you know why you take this sort of line or, or what you do. I've just had one principle in my life is that whatever you're doing, do it as well as you can and enjoy it. And I think it's half the battle in life. Let it come. Well, on that note, Boz, <laughs> I'm gonna Words press, of wisdom. I'm going to press stop and, and, and marinate on those thoughts for a little bit and wonder what I'm doing. Am I really doing what I want to be doing? Well, there you are. Yeah. I think, I think I am. Good. Yeah. If, if the surfing Mike Well, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Boz Parsons. Now, um, I hope you enjoyed that, whoever you are, wherever you are out there in this, uh, this wonderful world. Um, I love this. Like where I'm sitting right now, I'm staring through a gum tree and I'm staring into blue sky with some white clouds and I just love staring out there when I really um, – and just thinking of the infancy of like how expansive – the universe is and how small we are here and and then and how like it all seems all important in our little bubbles but when you look at the expansiveness and and the really the shortness of life what the fuck you know anyway um whoever you are out there in the world i hope you're having a good one and if you're not Try and shift it. Try and find something micro in your day that you can drill in on and and turn it around um, because, you know, sooner or later we'll all be gone, you know. So, um, you know, I really heard something that was really profound the other day that was like uh, this lockdown whole – this whole lockdown business has given us all a really good – a really good chance to look at all our life decisions, and, you know, I think for some people it's been very confronting and for others it's like, yeah, I'm all right in this lockdown because, you know, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z, I made these decisions and, and, and I'm being supported right now. But, you know, it hasn't been that way for everyone and I'm aware. And that's 
maybe not such a bad thing, you know. It's like a rebirth uh, if you can use it constructively. Um, anyway, fucking blah, blah, blah. I hope you're well and I'll see you next time. Thanks again. Adios. Adios.